Hello, I am C-3PO, and I believe the storyteller is ready. So, let us begin. The fight is done. We lost. Stay hidden. This week, the story is about our first look at a beloved character not seen in many, many years. Obi-Wan Kenobi is probably the most iconic Star Wars character to not have appeared in live action since Disney's takeover. But now he's back, baby. In the teaser trailer for Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney+, Plus, which came today at long last, uh, Ross, this started uh, with some stills that came out this morning, and you texted me predicting that we'd get a little bit more footage. Does this trailer meet expectations, exceed expectations? Is it disappointing for anyone? What's the rub? Uh, the only disappointment that I had is the only thing that I'm seeing consistently as the only disappointment people had, but it's not something that really matters uh, that, that much. And overall, the excitement is at an all-time high because everybody uh, casual to insanely hardcore is probably the most excited about this compared to maybe anything else. Yeah, and, we're gonna, and it looks awesome. We're going to talk about it in in painstaking detail here, and I would say that it really exceeded expectations. And maybe that's just because I have a, I have a different definition for what a teaser trailer ought to be. Although I don't necessarily think that it that it overexposed or or gave anything away. And I so I, in that sense, I thought it was a pretty well made trailer. Um, hmm. But why don't we get it out of the way? What what was displeasing to you? Uh, so this is something that you wouldn't have a context point for. Uh, well, actually, no, you would. You would have a context for it. Uh, is it so the Inquisitor? The grand... Are you mad about the Inquisitor? Uh, yeah, the Grand Inquisitor. Do you know why I'm mad? People say his head looks weird. Yes, it does. Because do you remember in Revenge of the Sith, uh, when Obi-Wan goes to Utapau and he's greeted by the um, uh, port administrator, uh, the Powan, yeah, yeah. With, the, with, the, with the tall head and the sharp black teeth? Okay. That's well, a... He, 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 that's a that's a Powan. That's what they look like. And the Grand Inquisitor is a Powan. And so his depiction in Rebels, because he's the main villain in the first season of Rebels, um, is Powan-like. His head is much taller than a normal person's head. Uh, and his teeth are sharp. And he just looks much more evil. Whereas... Rupert Friend just looks like he's wearing a skin cap. Uh, yeah. And Rupert Friend seemed like great casting, but it seems like they went all out to make Cad Bane work. Uh, and they kind of half-assed the Grand Inquisitor. Everything else, though, like literally, this is the only complaint. And it's just that his head looks schmooshed. Uh, I saw someone comment saying that they saw the image originally stretched. Uh, as like a thumbnail, like that was just squished into a square. And they were like, oh, the head, it looks great. And then they <laughs> saw it in actuality because his head is really tall and narrow and thin. Uh, whereas it's, it is just a normal human head and a skin cap. And his teeth also look normal. Now that might've just been the lighting, but his teeth look normal. And that is kind of like the distinctions, the tall heads and the gross teeth. Now I, I did see a side-by-side -side, uh, picture of, of what it looked like in animation. And I agree, like the shape of his head is decidedly different. And 
never has Star Wars decided that like the budget wasn't worth it to make a character's head mm. look the right shape. And so I just want to think that there's some other reason for this. I don't think it's necessarily story. Um, and it was like a pretty clear framing of of his head in a couple of different shots in this trailer. And so it's not like it was obscured and we just didn't get a good look. Mm. But I don't know, maybe there's more to it or maybe they're able to make it work. Um, but people I, are just saying that they want uh, th- this can allow them to make Palin's a little bit more like you can make them more diverse looking, I guess. You don't necessarily need to have them all okay. have their heads be super tall in that same way. The same way you have a, a like a lot of Wookiee variants, uh, yep. but uh, in like plenty of like uh, the Aqualish, for example, is a species that literally has like three distinct subspecies because the costumes were never that consistent. So they, it, it's one of those things that you can find some consistency within Star Wars. It's just weird that we have gained familiarity with his depiction aligning pretty perfectly between animation and, and live action, and this being the second power. Now you did mention weird, you you mentioned a parallel with with um with Cat Bane. Interestingly, this is the second time in like a month Star Wars has shown a villainous character in some kind of revealing way that the masses will not recognize. And not necessarily to anybody's detriment, in particular in a trailer, but like, Mm. I didn't know, I know the phrase the Grand Inquisitor because I talk to you all the time. I couldn't have known from watching this that it was the Grand Inquisitor. And in fact, the first time he speaks, I'm asking myself if it's Palpatine. And... I'm not disappointed that there's no Palpatine in this trailer. I'm kind of at the point now where I will be a little disappointed if he's nowhere in the series, but I wouldn't want him in the trailer, and so it's totally fine. Um, but I had to ask myself, is that Palpatine's voice when I first heard it? I, when I first heard it, uh, immediately thought it was Rupert Friend as the Grand Inquisitor because I had heard that he was going to be playing the Grand Inquisitor. And so it made a ton of sense there. But it was something where I, I, I for a second thought Palpatine was just like and it's something that crosses your mind and then until, until like one second later they pass in the in the and they show his face uh and it is a bit of a, a reveal but it also is revealing someone who's clearly the menacing villain the same way that Kylo Ren was revealed in the trailer for the Force Awakens mm-hmm. you do it in a revealing way to show that this is the the baddie uh and here's a kind of a, another example um Moses Ingram. She was like they, they do a lot of cool revealing shots there. This is a brand new character. She's everywhere uh, in this trailer. She's all over the place. Yes, yeah, she is clearly going to be the primary uh, inquisitor working on Obi Wan's case, and I think that's even mentioned that she is indeed the the main antagonist. For yeah, she's like the captain, least, uh, the captain Ahab, part. like like who's really taken a, a special interest in this particular manhunt and that and that's what the the trailer establishes is that they're rounding up everybody who maybe doesn't align with the with the emperor but more importantly there's a real hunt out for obi-wan and of course we can imagine why yes and this character has been described as very ambitious and so the only thing that that can make me think is that maybe she wants the role of grand inquisitor Mm. and that in her mind if i can catch and kill obi-wan Vader will give me the role of Grand Inquisitor uh, and or maybe Vader will take me on as his personal Padawan or something. Uh, and there's some form of linkage there where I'm sure she'll fail and Obi-Wan will. Um, may, it, it, it might hearken to similar what happens in Fallen Order where uh, an Inquisitor fails Vader and Vader just slaughters the Inquisitor. Um, 
but that so that could happen in this as well. But there are uh, other inquisitors in this. Uh, there's uh, Riva, which is the Moses Ingram character. That normally the inquisitors are named uh, numbered brother or numbered sister, uh, and then um, the Grand Inquisitor. But okay. Riva is apparently Moses Ingram's character. There is uh, another inquisitor who's like a Thalothian or uh, maybe an Iktachi or a new species, maybe. Uh, it's female. Um, and I, I, I think I, I don't remember the actress's name, but I think we do know who it is. Uh, that's also, I think a new character. She might be the fourth sister. I think it's a new character though as well. Um, and then there's the fifth brother mm. and the fifth brother's also in rebels and that's Sung Kang. And that's what you were kind of pointing at with the weird shaped head, uh, which is like a, a, a helmet of sorts. Um, but yes, he's also in it and he looks uh, very menacing and, and excellent. They, they're really doing a great job of bringing the, at least the uniforms, uh, and the armor to, to life. Um, and also, I mean, we keep talking about the inquisitors. I can kind of constantly ramble into, uh, fortress inquisitorious. And so that would be where they have their little boardroom meeting, which is yeah. an underwater fortress. And so that that's is that's the big awesome. the big black uh, structure in the sea. Okay, then I guess we're getting yeah. a little bit ahead of ourselves because that's that's in the first ten seconds of the trailer. Why don't we talk about yeah, this like frame for frame? Let's talk about what happens. Uh, it opens up on a desert plain. Unsurprisingly, there's a figure on the horizon. You can assume who that is. He's riding. Uh, how do we pronounce this creature? An neope, an eope. An Eopi, which is a, like a camel on Tatooine, which we've seen these before. Yep. Uh, then we fade to a, a closer-up shot, and we can see, indeed, that is Obi-Wan Kenobi looking a little bit older. And, in fact, he's about 10 years older than the events of Revenge of the Sith, I think. Um, but he still looks gorgeous, honestly. He's got, a, he's got a lot of degrading to do between here and Alec Guinness. Um, and he's he's now walking that uh, Eopi through... Um, through a, a quiet town street. It's not necessarily like a bustling uh, marketplace mm. like we've often seen on Tatooine. Uh, and so how do, you, how do you feel about the timeline? I, I mean, I heard it's 10 years, but do you feel like this is just him arriving at Tatooine or is, is the, he's just kind of going about his day? No, I, th it, I think what they're doing here is, uh, I, th I think it is very much going to be the, that 10 year point uh, I think that it's going to show that he lives a certain way up to a certain point, and we're going to get um, potentially, you know, we're going to give, we're going to give Obi Wan some evolution by giving him some closure in this series, likely. Right. And so he's potentially living more like a hermit than ever at this point, uh, and. Oh. Uh, someone, I, I think it was, uh, I was watching the little nine minute uh, Star Wars explained uh, summary of this as well, uh, and, and mentioned that uh, he might even be living in the cave that we see him in later on. Uh, and so he might not even have his hut at this point. Uh, he seems, but his appearance, it does seem like this is 10 years later. He's got the Alec Guinness beard, mm. but his hair is transitioning between Attack of the Clones, Obi-Wan. And Qui-Gon a little bit. He's sure. got some Qui-Gon-ness to his hair. And so uh, it, it, it kind of works for me, the vibe they're going for. Uh, he's going to he's gonna lose all that hair in, in those next 10 years. Uh, but they're showing the, the transition through kind of his beard. It makes him look a little bit more gaunt. 
shows that he's weathered a little bit more. And so that looks really good. I mean, the character Obi-Wan is how I learned the word hermit. Like, I'm sure that's the first time I ever ever heard the word hermit, but I actually interpreted this trailer the opposite. I kind of thought, okay, maybe he hasn't fully transitioned to not seeing anybody yet, like, because he appears to be walking through town. And the next shot we get is of him. I mean, there's this crowd of people like walking past him and he appears to be like working on a conveyor belt or on like a some kind of assembly line. And I, I don't know if he like is an odd job man on Tatooine for a period. Maybe. I actually didn't think of it that way. I thought he was just like fixing something the way that Ray does in um like in the beginning of The Force Awakens and she's just like cleaning up one of her parts before she sells it or something. Okay. I kind of thought he was like maybe like cleaning a carcass or so or like before he, he sells off something that he hunted, maybe. Uh but maybe you're right. Maybe he is on a conveyor belt. Well, you can't really tell from the shot. Um I'll just but, say that there appear to be yeah. some like Great Depression um, images in this trailer in that like it harkens to a time where everybody's poor and like newly operating and, and adjusting to this um, existence of extreme oppression and where they have to like line up for food and they have to line up for work. And I, I kind of wondered if like we're going to experience a sort of like uh, class dichotomy um, in this show. We're not even really a dichotomy. We're going to see this new version of 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 sad Tatooine as it adjusts and Obi-Wan too. Yeah, I think there's going to be a, I think it's going to be very sad. I think it's going to be very depressing uh, and Tatooine is going to be, um, well, I mean, if you've got the Empire showing up, that's oppressing and already a, a pretty oppressed place. And so, it's uh it's uh, yeah it's not going to be very uplifting circumstances it looks like my guess is the first episode is going to be very uh dreary yep. or at least first half will be very mundane there'll be some form of inciting incident that occurs towards the end i'm sure um but it will want to establish the the calmness uh and the kind of the monotony uh but it's interesting like you said like great depression era and it literally starts off the fight is done we lost yeah, and it, that like that's not what happened with with the war and like the Great Depression in that regard. Uh, but the world loses economically, <laughs> certainly at that point, uh, and the fight is done at that point. Um, well, the Clone Wars are great... the Clone Wars are over too, and like, well, that's the the literal one. It, yeah. yeah, it's absolutely it's a great line to kick it off. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Uh, we cut back to him uh, next to the EOP. Um, He's riding slowly off into the desert again. And then, um, oh, yes, then we see him in this cave that you alluded to. And this is really the most striking thing. Uh, not not the cave I was referring to. This is kind of the, uh, his cave watch point. Yeah, it's like a it's little loop. canyon, and he's sitting in the mouth of this, this cave. And um, we cut to the POV of this. Uh, it's like the lens of some, you know, digital binoculars, which we've seen before. Uh, he's looking out at the Lars homestead and we see Owen and Beru. And then indeed uh, he zooms in on a boy, I guess a 10 year old boy in flight goggles, uh, straddling the eve of the house and pretending he's a pilot. And he's dressed just like little Annie. The glasses are a part of that too. And I mean, there's mm. just no, the, the, you know, right away you're seeing the, the fantasies and the imagination of little boy Luke Skywalker. And I was a little surprised they they gave that one in the trailer. Yeah, always looking off to the horizon. Right. Uh, and uh, yeah, he looks just like Anakin. And you have the Obi-Wan voiceover that says, stay hidden. Uh, 
and it's so serious. It, it shows that he cares so much about his job and that that is very specifically like he is just watching over Luke and the, the whole point is just let him grow up and become the, the new hope. Uh, yeah. And then we get the the chords of uh, Duel of the Fates. Duel of the Fates. <laughs> I mean, that was that was trending on Twitter like immediately after. Did you have any expectation? I mean, I guess we kind of had it hinted at uh, hinted to us recently that they wanted to reprise this song in some way. And I guess through Obi-Wan, that's the best way to do it. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. Uh, Battle of the Heroes is in here a little bit, which is, of course, the main one that I wanted to hear. Uh, and uh, I've also heard some other people kind of, they pointed out a few other uh, themes like Anakin's Dark uh, Deeds is, I think, the last one. Um, and it's just, it's going to be a lot of uh, John Williams uh, reprised uh, variations and themes throughout this. And it's going to be, because so, it, it's so Skywalker-centric. Yes. It's just, it's it's so exciting. And Duel of the Fates, um, it is about the fate of Anakin that, Maul and Qui-Gon are dueling over in, in Dave Filoni's eloquent speech uh, on the kind of the, the gallery that he talks about uh, for the Mandalorian. Uh, this will be Obi-Wan and Anakin dueling over the fate of Luke. Uh, right. Yeah. And so that right there is going to bring that meaning full circle. Although not really, because really cool. Anakin will not learn in this series that his son is alive. Maul didn't know what he was a tool for either, though. Guess, but yeah. if he if he wins, he he Obi Wan is no longer there to protect Luke, and he's no longer there to bring Luke on the journey. And right. so ultimately, Luke dies with his uh, aunt and uncle um, when the stormtroopers come and set fire to the homestead. It'll be a little interesting to see if we get any more context for the relationship had between old Ben and and Luke, like it's pretty clear that they don't have like an uncle nephew kind of thing, but like they probably know each other and have met a handful of times. And like, mm. maybe they started to have a relationship. And at some point uncle Owen was like, okay, you're not coming around here anymore. You, you bring nothing but trouble. Like it's, it seems very likely that, that, that they haven't spoken in a, in an especially long time when they eventually catch up in a new hope, but they'll probably interact at least minimally in this series. I think we're going to get maybe their first meeting. I think we're maybe going to get an instance where uh, you get a little young Luke saying, who are you? And in the end of the scene, uh, Owen comes and, and pulls Luke away and tells off Obi-Wan and tells him to go away or something. Uh, and it's because this will occur after Obi-Wan starts some trouble uh, in, in town or after the Inquisitors arrive and Owen is getting extra scared or something. And so I think that would make a lot of sense uh, for us to get that maybe first meeting where Luke, because clearly he's watching, Obi-Wan's watching from a, from a distance. Yep. And so uh, he is not familiar uh, enough to be coming around to check on Luke. And so it would be cool to see their first meeting, I think. Is there a canonical explanation for why he calls himself Ben or is that going to be incorporated into this show? Like, it seems so random that he's, he's not named Obi-Wan. Uh, I think there's going to be an Imperial officer uh, that uh, asks him who his people are. Uh, and he's going to just have to say, uh, you know, um, I don't know. You're going to have to give me uh, a name here. Please I don't, don't, I don't have a I don't have I don't have an alias. So 
Uh, oh, and he's going to see uh, something that looks like a B in the room and something that looks like an E and then something that looks like an N. And Ben, Ben is my name. No, it's you're not wearing a solo T-shirt while you do this bit. <laughs> I, I know I am. Um, and also, I didn't hate that as much as most people. It, I didn't love it, but I, it, I didn't hate it as much as most people. Sure. Um, I think so. No, to the, answer my question, no, there's no, there's no canonical backstory for Ben. That is the answer to your question. <laughs> However, uh, I never really thought about the fact that we could get that in this, and I think that dissimilar to getting the name for Solo, I think that makes a, a lot of sense. We kind of want to know that one now. I mean, yeah. it's obvious that he needs an alias. Yes. Uh, but actually, under those circumstances, then he'll probably already be going by Ben at this point. It's not a great uh, alias. He goes by Ben Kenobi. No, it's not a good alias. That's a really good point. Maybe <laughs> we'll find out that Kenobi is like Antilles, and it's one of the most common last names in the galaxy far, far away. And everybody's named either like... Yeah, I would hate that too. Uh, but I, I don't know. That is a, that is a great point. Uh, it is a terrible alias, uh, and the whole plan of, of hiding on Tatooine with the last name Kenobi... It, it, we're, we're going to see how that one uh, makes more sense or maybe we'll just have to look past it. So we hear Duel of the Fates and it's very exciting and we see the Lucasfilm logo and some Tatooine sand kind of washes it away and then we cut to an overhead of this uh, stark black starfighter flying over open water towards, as you alluded to before, uh, this Inquisitorium. Is that what it's called? This is the, the base for, yes. for where the all Palpatine's uh, minions hang out? Yeah, so the planet is Nur. It's near uh, Mustafar, and this is Fortress Inquisitorius, and so it's where all the uh, Vader's minions, his Jedi-killing minions, uh, go and train. And uh, I think there's a prison here as well, uh, and probably where they take a lot of Jedi, it wouldn't surprise me, uh, that they would capture and maybe torture to find information on other Jedi. Uh, but this is uh, also the... The main location of the the final uh, sequence during Jedi Fallen Order, the video oh, game. Okay, uh, and so this is a it's a, just an awesome, awesome uh, Star Warsy uh, scape. It is across like it, it gives you vibes of the Emperor's throne room. It gives you vibes of Vader's castle, but it takes place in a water planet as opposed to a lava planet. And so it is going to be a very very good setting. Uh, and I would love to see uh, the fight between Obi-Wan and Vader occur here. I'd have no issue with that. I think yeah. that could be really, really cool. Well, and, and something this trailer establishes in just like 100 seconds is that you're not going to feel confined to Tatooine the way you did in the Book of Boba Fett, which like at times started to feel like, geez, get me off of this dusty planet. I, Star Wars is about like spatial exploration. And so obviously we're going to spend a lot of time on Tatooine and that's important, but we're also going to have this ocean planet. And I'm pretty sure we know that Vader's uh, castle is going to appear. And so we'll have some Mustafar. And also mm -hmm. um, we're going to get to this shortly, but like there's some kind of city planet that looks like Tokyo and maybe his Coruscant is heavily featured in this trailer. It's not Coruscant. Um, I forgot to write it down. Uh, I forget the name of it. It starts with a D. It's like Dioba or something, or uh, but it is a new planet. Okay. Uh, this uh, this this city one that you're referring to. So as we're flying into the uh, in, in, in Inquisitorium, 
Uh, we hear another voiceover, different voice. We learn uh, very shortly after it is the voice of the Grand Inquisitor. He's kind of speaking a sort of manifesto as if it's a lesson for his underlings to to take in. He says the key to hunting Jedi is patience. And then we get a, a quick shot of him. He appears to be like intimidating uh, a Tatooine commoner. Um, and uh, then we cut back to, to Obi-Wan again. One thing I'll say about this trailer is that it's like, aggressively edited like it's yes. it's a it's a little a little uh drug addled in its constant cutting back and forth between stuff and sometimes it feels like they're just filling in gaps i think that's a teaser thing yeah but yeah a good good point on it feels like they're filling in gaps with i guess kind of some of the shots at the start and yeah. I, I think they're it's trying to set in, yeah setting tone um and but even like this shot right here looks like it's just obi-wan on like a Tatooine bus. Like a transport. He's on like a canvas transport. But again, it's kind of feels like Great Depression stuff. He's just like a part mm. of this silent crowd of really sad people and he is not there as their associate. He just got on for a, for a chair. Mm. Uh, well, let's finish reading off what the Inquisitor says and then we can do the scenes. Um, the Jedi cannot help what they are. Their compassion leaves a trail. The Jedi code is like an itch. He cannot help it. So interesting because what I take from that, on the one hand, he's talking about Jedi like like they're simple and um, pests, you know, which is mm. very which is very sensible for for what we know of this guy. On the other hand, he seems to be talking about them with a with a certain degree of empathy, like especially he cannot help it. It, it it's, he was one. Okay, it, well, and so I guess that's he can speak from a position of authority, um, but he wants to hunt them and he wants them dead. And on the other hand, he he like the fact that they can't they cannot help it. Like that that really that speaks a little bit to his understanding of this is not um, vicious. This rivalry, this is just business, and I find that to be mm -hmm. a really interesting dynamic because so many of these villains seethe which with personal hatred and maybe this guy doesn't he's just like he's just doing he the job he kind of doesn't yeah. he 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 lacks heart and like emotion but at the same time he doesn't have necessarily he doesn't it doesn't feel like he hates the jedi and more like he he hates that they make his job hard sure um but I, I don't necessarily see a vendetta the same way that you would see someone who, like I mentioned before, like Barris Offie, who I kind of expected to be an Inquisitor uh, and is not any of these Inquisitors. And I don't think they're going to add another one. They've already shown us four. And there's so I, I would imagine she's not in this show. But that's somebody who like, OK, I kind of see how now you why you hate the Jedi. Um, but uh, the Grand Inquisitor was a temple guard as well. Um, so he was certainly he was he was a cog in the machine. Uh, and so maybe that's uh, and he, it's certainly why he's he's studied and why he's very equipped to catch a Jedi is because he was one uh, and was one who was very versed in in protection and combat. Um, and so uh, that's what a lot of the Inquisitors are. It'll be interesting to see if we get kind of backstory on on more of the other ones. Uh, we likely will on, on, on Riva, uh, but I wonder about the other two. What do you glean from the phrase their compassion leaves a trail? Well, I think that Obi-Wan has done something and they've found him on, on, on Tatooine. And I, and 
this is also like, I'm not the only one to speculate this, but I, I, th- I think what's likely going to happen is that that's why he leaves and that he's going to see it as like, okay, maybe they'll just think I was just on Tatooine for a moment. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll like, they won't even realize how close they're getting to maybe catching Luke. And they'll be like, okay, Obi-Wan, like they know that if they, if, if I know I've left a, a, some breadcrumbs here, I need to go leave breadcrumbs everywhere. I need to go leave them like on as many different planets with a lot of people and make noise where I can be seen so that, okay, he's no longer on Tatooine. We can leave Tatooine. We can leave Luke alone. Yeah. And also, uh, and in, so that would make sense. In any of the time that we've spent with, with Jedi as fans, they've left a trail of compassion too, because every, everywhere they go, they find friends and thereby mm-hmm. create more, vulnerabilities of themselves and so like the purest example of that is the existence of luke and leia which they're they're the they're the calcification the embodiment of a trail of compassion because a jedi yep. could not help he could not control his his heart and so um i think it means something broad but it also like applies very specifically to the fact that obi-wan is here trying to watch over a trail of compassion with his yeah, own no compassion. that's re- that's really interesting the way that you talk about like, how you can trail that back to like even Qui-Gon uh, taking Obi-Wan on as an apprentice. And certainly um, Anakin and, taking him on as an apprentice. Oh, absolutely. But I just meant like even going like you can keep going back. And I'm like, I don't I haven't uh, I, I'm surprised I haven't finished uh, Dooku Jedi Lost yet. Um, I only have gotten a little bit into it, but I have to get back to that. Um, but I want to know more about like, for example, Dooku's relationship with Qui-Gon and kind of see like, oh, where does the compassion stop? Cause you get a Sith Lord as your master. <laughs> right. So we got another shot of Moses Ingram, uh, Reva, is that her name? Um, yeah. she's in like an Imperial garb and she's, uh, in an ominous boardroom. There's two other officers there. She's the one standing. Then we cut back to her on Tatooine. She's on the streets. Uh, somebody appears to have been hanged. Like they might be doing like some brutal executions of people who aren't mm-hmm. cooperating. She's uh, threatening commoners. She's got a weapon. We see Owen Lars there too. So like he's on the front lines of some of this brutality. And this might be where he goes to Obi-Wan and says like, you're, you're a magnet, my friend. Do not mm-hmm. come around my family. That's what I, I think as well. And boy, do they make him look like yeah, I know. Phil Brown. That That's is excellent. amazing. It is so good. And it, it, like the, the profile the front on it is it is Owen Lars, yep. and so um, I think somebody mentioned that uh, Deborah Chow was extremely thankful to George Lucas for uh, casting Joel Turn, Edgerton. Turned out to be a, a really really good casting. Then we cut back to another shot uh, of Reva. Like I said, she's all over this thing. They're really going to make her into a proper character, which I'm excited for because um, we loved her in the Queen's Gambit. Now she's on top of like a city building on this this new city planet we've never. Uh, heard up before and it's nighttime there's lots of like neon and she's lurking um i think i think at one point we actually see obi-wan on this planet right like like they're lining up people on all the planets and he's there wearing a hood uh yes uh not quite on that shot um but we do see it uh, a couple shots later and there's a droid um that um is called Ned. Mm. It's got Ned written on on him, and so uh, people are speculating that's probably going to be either Benny Safdie, um, Kumail Nanjiani. Uh, some people said maybe O'Shea Jackson Jr. I don't think so. Um, I'm going to 
guess. Yeah. Um, I forgot about all. The I'm going to think Benny Safdie yeah. is my guess. I totally forgot about like all three of those people not being in this trailer. And again, it's good that they held some some chips back. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but what they do is then they shoot to uh, the Inquisitor ship landing and Indira Varma dressed as uh, an Imperial getting off. And then they go to that the lineup where Obi-Wan's kind of walking in the background with his hood on uh, and they're they're lining people up and, and looking them down. So clearly this is Obi-Wan on the run and then chasing him. We see it's it's yeah. Tatooine and it's on, on this planet, which is bugging me that I don't have the name of the planet. Reva like uh, runs up like, this like beam, this city beam. She's there's clearly like a foot chase. Yeah. Her. And there's like a rooftop chase and uh, it looks like um, uh, the Grand Inquisitor's there. He does his lightsaber spin thing, which is uh one that's a that's a very cool thing the inquisitor lightsabers yeah uh, they kind of have like this pivot on them that allows them to rotate and turn into like just spinning i've seen blades they're really cool but where is he so he's clear he's looking specifically for obi-wan yeah and so that's something that it looks like a lot of them are on the chase um and then we cut to the fifth brother yeah and then pretty soon after i think we see reva with a red lightsaber uh, yeah, well, we have the fifth brother walking through the streets. Uh, he's leading the crew. Uh, and then we have Reva with another red lightsaber on Tatooine, uh, which looks to be in front of Owen Lars. Oh, I didn't get that. I just figured it was just another Tatooine person, but okay. It could be, but it it kind of looks like Owen Lars a little bit. Then is a there's a really curious shot that only lasts for a second, and I don't know what we can glean from it, but it's a black glove in a dark space touching a brick wall with some markings on it. And I don't know, do you, are you able to to get anything from what those markings are or who you think that hand belongs to? I think it's I think it's Riva. I think it's uh, just like the Inquisitor outfit and with like kind of that shoulder thing that you can kind of see. And so okay. I think it's Riva. Um, and it looks like maybe it's following like Obi-Wan or maybe following um, like a Jedi outpost of sorts. Uh, apparently they're Jedi symbols. Uh, I, I heard that somewhere. Okay. Um, and so that would make sense if maybe this is like maybe the opening shots, maybe the entire series opens up with, you get like Reva chasing down some Jedi and, and, and killing that Jedi or something just to kind of show what an inquisitor does. Uh, or maybe this is a, a location that Obi-Wan was meeting somebody at and she's just hot on the trail and is like kind of trying to, glean what she can from it and probably is a former Jedi herself. So maybe she's able to learn a lot from it. So this one, uh, I think just further emphasizing that it is going to be a hot chase uh, amongst our characters. And then you get an alleyway sequence of somebody with a blaster and Reva as well. And is that going to be Obi-Wan? Is that somebody else? Who is going to be another shootout of sorts? And then it quickly cuts to um, what looks like a like a shoot, uh, like a gunfight, I guess, on a rooftop. I think there's like somebody's getting sniped, right? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, there is kind out. of some form, like uh, an additional gunfight on the rooftop. And then there's like a big swarm of birds. Really interesting. Like, it, they just look like pigeons. They do not look like Star Wars birds, but there's like a puff of They're smoke. They're green. Oh, okay, some green birds. They, they fly up from a vent on a roof. Uh, and then we get a close-up of Obi-Wan's face. He's looking down and then he looks off to the side. And we see the show title, Obi-Wan Kenobi, some sand brushes over it as we hear the breathing of Darth Vader, which makes a lot of sense. I'm not surprised that that's how they decided to cameo him in the trailer, because you don't want to give too much. 
No, you don't. And that makes complete sense. It's just that small amount of a taste to remind people if you didn't know he's going to be in it. Uh, and I think there was enough in this that is going to really get everybody interested because if you thought you knew Obi-Wan because you've seen the movies, well, then there's a whole lot of stuff in this that is interesting you beyond what Obi-Wan is because you're like, oh, okay, well, what's Obi-Wan's story? And also, what is all this other cool new stuff? If you just love all of the ins and outs of Star Wars, you love the way that this is weaving together. Uh, and if you've been kind of passionately, like kind of loving the prequels and the original trilogy, I really think this is going to be maybe the best merge of them ever. So you, you not having seen Obi-Wan for so long in live action is going to be something pretty damn special. Now, there was one scene that I, I would, when playing it through, I actually, as I was scrubbing through, I didn't see it the second time. It was Obi-Wan in a cave. Um, maybe that did happen earlier when I didn't see that uh, at the beginning, but there is a sequence where he's in a cave very quickly and it, it's like kind of a, a bluish sort of light around right. him. And he's got like a, what looks like a sleeping bag sort of situation. So I don't know whether he is living in a cave, um, but also it, it, I heard this elsewhere and which emphasizes that I'm not the only one who felt this got real uh, mortis vibes. Remember when he's in the cave and it's kind of bluish vibes and that's when Qui-Gon comes to him on Mortis? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, maybe this is going to be when he communes with Qui-Gon. And maybe that's the reason why it's kind of like a blue glow in there is because Qui-Gon is in there. Uh, and that explains as to why. Um, Have we had like, that confirmed, by the way? Do, do we know whether or not, like I know we both uh, highly suspect Liam Neeson, but has that been confirmed? It's not been confirmed. It has been heavily rumored recently, though. Yeah. Um, and so that along with, um, or maybe the image is only from, maybe it's only a still of him in the cave. Maybe yeah, there were a couple of stills that came out this morning. I'm not sure. I think I know what one you're talking about. I don't think it's in the trailer. Yeah, that's right. Because there are a couple stills that aren't in the trailer and they're of Obi-Wan feeding his EOB of him while he's like spying around a corner. Um, and then just a couple other. Oh, and then, yeah, one of Owen and uh, Riva facing face to face. It does make sense, I think, if he has to come to Tatooine and just live in a cave for a few years, because this is when those Inquisitors are like really like digging around. By the time of A New Hope, I don't know what the state of the Inquisition is, but likely that the trail has cooled and they're not mm -hmm. tearing apart Tatooine all the time. And so he feels safe enough to like build himself a little house. Um, but like at the time of this series, yeah, maybe he has to like constantly be on the move on his toes. Maybe he really can't even plant his flag in the same spot for too long. That would be interesting. I love that a he's fugitive complete. show. That's such a cool idea for, for Obi-Wan. Well, and that seems to be what it's going to be. Yeah. And like whether or not it's that on Tatooine, whether or not he's been going through this, for 10 years or whether or not this is going to be kind of a short lived. This is the arc of the show where it's going to be him on the move, but you're right. I mean, that's, that's, that is the style that they're going for. Uh, and I'm completely here for it. It seems like it's going to be one of the show, one of those shows that is going to be miserable every time the episode ends, because yeah. you're just going to want to see the next 
30 seconds. Something I saw is that uh, the shot of Luke sitting on top of the house and pretending he's he's flying a starfighter lifts right from a comic where like a little boy, it's an Obi-Wan comic where like a like little boy Luke is pretending he's a pilot uh, on, the, on the Lars farm. And I wondered how much of that existing legend stuff is going to creep into the show. And I, I remember this book, this, uh, this novel Kenobi by John Jackson Miller, which has a following people like it. And obviously they have their own story to tell, but I wonder if there will be anything recognizable from people who love this book in the series. Cause I, I do, I read the, the opening crawl just before we started recording. And like, it does imply that the crux of this book is Obi-Wan having to keep a close eye on Luke, not just, mm. you know, uh, return to his old um, Anakin situation. I don't think there's any kind of Darth Vader situation in this novel. No, I believe the main crux of that is about another Jedi who wants to kill Luke uh, because he thinks that it will bring attention to Tatooine. Um, and like it's another Jedi who's also been hiding on Tatooine. I think that's the point. The The novel opens uh, I haven't with read the, the book. It opens with the quote, until the time is right, disappear, we will, which is a great way mm -hmm. to start the Obi-Wan story, I think. Yeah, that is a, a I wonder if we're going to have I, I think we'll definitely have some callbacks to that specific meeting, uh, whether it's through Bail Organa appearing in the show or Yoda appearing in the show. What do you think the odds are Yoda appears? Anytime I say, I say some or voice, anytime I say that odds are low, it happens immediately. So I don't even know how to interact with that prediction. I, I do like the idea of considering Bail Organa. Like I, mm. I would, I would love a moment where, you know, I don't know, maybe maybe Bail Organa and Leia come to Tatooine for a sec. And and Leia and Luke have no idea how close they they in fact were at one point. Um I don't mean That'd like, be cool. I don't mean having met each other. I just mean like they were like three hundred yards away from each other for like a split second and like it would just kinda oh. be because now we know we're getting kid Luke. Maybe we'll get to see kid Leia and that would be exciting. Yeah, well there was the rumor long ago that they were casting for both of them. Yeah. And so I think the odds are pretty good. And if we get Kid Leia, then we're going to get Bail Organa. So yeah. I think the odds are actually pretty good that we'll get them. Uh, and if we get Bail Organa and uh, we'll probably get Qui-Gon, probably get, uh, if we get Yoda, I mean, this is a, this is quite the the cast that we're going to have when it's all said and done when they show when they showed the cast early on they were probably laughing to themselves thinking ah, ha, ha, they don't even know we've got a little young luke we've got a little young leia we've got jimmy smith's coming back we've got frank oz we've like yeah. they were probably thinking all these people that they had up their sleeve uh, and we don't know about any of those like liam neeson uh, we don't know about any of them but It'd be cool if they had them up your sleeve. Well, I know that Hayden is set to appear in the Ahsoka show, but in a way, I kind of think that not the Rise of Skywalker, that this show, Obi-Wan Kenobi, of all things, is kind of mm. serving as a quasi-grand finale for the Skywalker saga. And so I think smartly they're like, no, let's play let's play our best hand. Let's let's leave yeah. no, let's leave nothing on on the on the table. And I agree. Yeah, it, it, when you look at it that way especially since it's Obi-Wan and it's a story that's going to focus again on the principles of the Jedi here in this era. And we're going to revolve around a couple Skywalkers. Yes, let's bring in Yoda. We're going to require the wisdom of Yoda. We just will. Yeah, at some point in time. Uh, and it, well, I mean, Qui-Gon can provide a lot of that wisdom. Um, but 
it would be nice. They have such a great relationship too. Well, and we see Force Ghost Ben interacting with Yoda on Dagobah. So, I, I mean, I realize that's like, that's kind of a different plane, but like they don't seem to have, they don't seem to require any reunion when they do that. And so like maybe there's, uh, an insinuation there that they have a dialogue, the two of them. Mm. Yeah, Yoda is able to commune in very powerful ways. Uh, he, I forget, I have to rewatch how he communes with with Ezra and Rebels because he doesn't leave Dagobah and he communicates with Ezra somehow. So, any other thoughts on this trailer? Anything else jump out at you? Uh, nothing else really stands out. Uh, just I've watched it. Um, I don't know, five or six times uh, in a row right before we put this on. And and it's just, yeah, it, it really is so exciting. And there's having the having the shape of the Inquisitor's head be the, the thing that people are like, ah, that's annoying. Uh, but everybody else universally being so excited. Uh, it's it's going to be quite the the bang come May. We didn't talk about uh, the words that were on the screen between the like the final smash no. of the trailer, which is beautifully phrased, between darkness and defeat, hope survives. So this kind of lends itself even more to what I just said about how this being the real finale for the Skywalker saga. We're talking about hope again. Mm-hmm. A new hope. That's right. And how Obi-Wan is going to lose all hope uh, in Anakin, but will believe that Luke is the chosen one by the end of the series. Anything else in the regular Star Wars news you want to hit on? Not a ton, obviously. Um, the uh, tickets are back on sale uh, soon for Celebration, and so they did a, a cool poster. And uh, Darth Maul is pre- is featured pretty prominently in it. Interesting. Uh, he And that could just be just because he's he's badass. Uh, but there's been a lot of rumor lately that Darth Maul is indeed going to be getting his own TV show, uh, his animated show. Uh, and I think that would be okay. awesome. Yeah, that'd be um, great. And that would make sense as to it's a Crimson Dawn show. Uh, we talked about this a long time ago with um, Paul Bettany doing the voice of Dryden Boss and Kira potentially Kira. being in it. Yeah. or uh, But it being a, a Maul show and Maul having his his best arena B animation. It seems to make a lot of sense. Um, so that is um, kind of it on the, on the news side. Uh, everything has been uh, all focused on Obi-Wan and entertainment weekly. Uh, and then uh, the trailer that came beyond that. And uh, yeah, some, some Andor stuff uh, just kind of like names of characters and, and kind of things, but nothing of, of significance. Uh, yeah. Okay. I want to wish a happy birthday on Wednesday, March 9th to Oscar Isaac. And a week later, uh, Wednesday, March 16th, Alan Tudyk. A happy birthday to both of those fantastic guys. If you have any thoughts on the Obi-Wan teaser trailer, anything that we neglected, or if you have any predictions based on what you saw, uh, would love to hear your thoughts. You can email uh, recorder66podcast at gmail.com or tweet at recorder66. Please rate and review on your preferred podcast app so we can be found by other Star Wars fans uh, who listen to podcasts. And if you're joining us on YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe. And until we are together again, may the force be with you. you.